Hello everyone, welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry and joining me as always the ever quotable Jay. Death to Videodrome, long live the new flesh. You, you sounded like, like if a Muppet was saying that. I am a Muppet. Do like, you know I'm made out of like foam and shit? A little too happy. And of course, joining us, uh, speaking of happiness, uh, the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Yes, I'm the epitome of happiness. Woo! It's it's mostly your very calm and soothing Ric Flair woos that get me there. Does it really? Yeah. Yes, I, I think, it, yeah. it makes me calm. It does it? Wow. Yes. Every time. I have to hold back... Uh, the the sounds of my O face when you do that. Nice. Um, I don't like it when you hold back your O face. Well, you know, sometimes you got to be professional, and I'm nothing if not professional. I um, suppose. Speaking of being nothing, Jay, what have you been doing this week? Uh, this week nothing. Fucking uh, working. I quit my second job. Yeah. I don't know oh, if that man. happened last episode. Um. I got that Freddie and Jason Halfsleeve started, and it's almost to the point where it's healed enough that I can go back for the second session. Uh, so that's nice, and I've been trying to fucking uh, finish out Days Gone, because that's a long-ass game. Dope. Okay. It, Sounds good. it seems like it would be like fucking The Last of Us long. Uh, it's longer than that, because it's open world, so there's a lot of fucking driving around and shit. But it's a wow. lot of fun. Uh, and it feels like it, it's think open world last of us because you do a lot of uh, item collecting and crafting and stuff. And so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Makes it uh, feel like you're in a zombie apocalypse. But it also feels like it's Sons of Anarchy uh, fan fiction. So there you cool. go. When I get around to it, I have to check it out. I haven't been doing a whole lot of gaming lately. I haven't had a whole lot of time. I went to Florida, shit like that. So damn. Uh, but it was only brief. And uh, you said you quit your second job, and I am in the market for a second job. Well, shit, if you lived here, we're hiring eight people to fix fucking phones. I'll teach you how to do that. Well, I got the problem that I've got down here is I've got to find a job that will work around my current job. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it since the, the time that I get off work at my current job fluctuates, I have to figure out the right time to start in the evenings and tell people that I can, and then having to work around the weekends when I have the kids. That makes I'm not sense. gonna. I'm not gonna give up my weekends with my kids. So yeah, no, God, no. That would just be terrible. You should try Walmart because uh, they are decent at working with schedules. Uh, I'm, I actually signed up for Amazon Flex. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try that if I hear anything about it. You know, with it being in Atlanta, and since I've got delivery experience anyway, so. And you know, prostitution's always a good market. I hear. I have a small penis. Yeah, but you can go for the bear community. Uh, you, that's true. You know, anyone who needs a bear, I guess I should say you could go for the cub community. And then you <laughs> just, just gotta find a bear. Right. Yeah, you just gotta find the cub who's like cannot take a large penis. And so it, it's a very niche market, but I feel like it would pay well. This is something that does not sound right to me about that. What do you mean? What doesn't sound right about a niche market? I mean, just what it's called, the cub market. Oh. <laughs> it's okay, so yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's it's the same dirtiness as, like, people who like to be called daddy. Yeah, 
which is another one of those things that I'm just like, no, don't ever. Yeah, I'm not, if I, I'm, not if I'm in a relationship, it. yeah, just some, if I'm, I'm in a very into it. So are you really? You like being called on, daddy? Uh, I'm not into it. I don't like. That's I don't okay. like it. You don't have to call me that. I have a daughter. You know what I'm saying? So it would just be too weird to me. And I'm from Alabama, so it just brings back too many past memories. <laughs> I was having a conversation about this town that I went to in Alabama with a, 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 a friend of mine. And when I went into Walmart, I was down there and I went into a Walmart, you know, do normal things that you do in Alabama. What more to go in there and pick up, you know, ammo and gun stuff and heroin. I, I don't know. Is heroin prevalent in Alabama? Heroin's prevalent everywhere. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, is all the people that were in there look like they all came from the same family. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, oh my God, are the stereotypes true? Um, as a representative of Alabama, I would like to clarify that yes, but we're still not as bad as Kentucky. <laughs> so. I mean, like literally I was looking at these people and they all had like the same type of facial features. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, like th there was probably at least 70 or 80 people in this Walmart. You know what I'm saying? At well, least. Yeah. In and Alabama, Walmart's like a, basically a nightclub. That's where right. you go to hang out. Yeah. And you, and you see these people, man. And, and like. They all have like the same, like, like they literally look like they were from the same family. Like they were all brothers and sisters and cousins. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, is, is, is this just because I'm used to being in Atlanta where there's such diversity in Atlanta that nobody looks alike? Or is there really incest going on here? A little it was bit odd. of both. It, it was, it was fucking odd, man. It was, it was very strange. Hmm. Well, uh, you kind of already went into it, but do you have anything else you've been doing this week? <laughs> Can I? Um, no, not really. I mean, I got the collector's edition of Silent Hill. Nice. Ooh, oh, my God. Did y'all see that Scream Factory release list? That's what I'm saying, man. They're killing it. Holy Scream Factory's fucking killing it, dude. My Bloody Valentine getting a Blu-ray release fucking finally to, to take over the old uh, out-of-print one. Hell yeah. A box set featuring every movie in the Fly franchise. Um, my personal favorite, uh, The Abominable Snowman. Uh, that is a great fucking Hammer film, and I can't wait to get that bitch. Oh, and then it's fucking Mutant Bear time. We're getting the prophecy on Blu-ray, and I'm super excited. Uh, me and Abraham Ram, the Ram Man, and Bo are going to do a special episode covering the prophecy. Oh, I'd be down for that. I've never You're talking about that. Christopher Walken? Uh, that, that no, prophecy? no, no. The bear movie prophecy about the mutant bear. Oh, okay. Not, not the if y'all are thinking of Christopher Walken, no, fuck that movie. He ain't got shit on mutant bear movie. I started watching this channel on YouTube. Um, the, the you know you know you know how you got all these channels where it's like a top five this or a top five list of that or whatever. Yeah, I started I started watching this and and there's this channel um, that does uh, horror movies, and uh, it's like top five you know uh, uh, scariest body horror movies or the top five fucking demon movies or whatever. And uh, the good thing that I'm enjoying about this is that I'm learning about a lot of movies that I have not seen that's that I want to see. That's the problem with doing any kind of top five or top ten list. You always have to have that internal debate. Do you pick, like, the obvious, like, fucking big one that, sh you know, should be on every fucking list? Or 
do you throw something that that maybe they've never heard of that hidden gem? Well, see, the crazy thing about this about this and uh, fuck, hang on, I'll tell you exactly what it is. The crazy thing about this is is what makes it awesome is they use the normal like the demon one where they did the top five demon one. Mm-hmm. The Exorcist was the honorable honorable mention at the beginning of it because it is the most popular and uh, the most widespread. Yeah. So what they what they try to do is they try to avoid the ones it's called top five scary videos. And that, and that's what I've been watching. And like the one that I'm in right now is the top five creepiest tales from European history part two. Yeah. You'll have to send me that link. I'll check them out. Uh, Cause you're right. Cause if I did like a top five natural creature feature thing, I would be, I would be like, of course jaws is number one. So we're just going to remove that off the list and continue. Right. Exactly. And that's what I and that's what they try to do is they try to avoid the ones that we know are going to be a top key factor you know what i'm saying the ones that we all are going to feel that way and actually in the top five of the demons movies the first exorcist was the one that was fucking honorably mentioned at the beginning and exorcist three was actually in the five. Oh, okay i was i was toying around yesterday with show ideas and i came up with a couple and one of them i thought of doing was um us taking like a list of subgenres in horror and then for each one for each subgenre we have to give um what the most popular movie in that subgenre would be and then we would give like um one we would recommend for someone to see that you know maybe they've missed or something right. along those lines but it basically be us just doing like a recommendation show based on subgenres of horror I thought that'd be kind of a fun show. Yeah, that'd yeah, be fun. Like the top five, uh, I think it was like the top five Japanese body horror movies was on there, and Akira was number one. I could see that. I'd, to be fair, I think it should be Tetsuo the Iron Man. But, that one was on the top five, too. That but, one was in there. I think that was number two. Akira, I, I could see Akira being, like Tetsuo the Iron Man should technically be number one, though. It may have been. I may have them backwards, but I know they were both in there. And uh, then uh, Akira's would be the more popular one, but um, and then there was a uh, there was another there was another section of Japanese horror movies and something about Meatball something. Meatball Machine. Yeah, I, uh, that, I that reviewed, one was on there. Uh, I reviewed Meatball Machine Kodoku, the sequel to it, on uh, Here Here Go Show. Fucking fantastic movie. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's a lot of shit that I'm realizing that that I really want to sit down and watch. So, you know, for people that are out there listening, uh, my realm of expansion may grow greatly here in the next, you know, couple of months. As well as I have finally, finally came to terms with the fact that I want to actually sit down and watch a Serbian film. Oh, shit. We're doing a Serbian film on the podcast. This is happening, Damn. everyone. I am finally, I have finally came to, I, w- I was watching some videos the other day and they were talking about it and I was just like, all right, I am finally going to fucking push myself to get through this movie because I feel like that if I go my entire life and not watch one of the most, uh, I guess, notable horror movies in, in cinema history that I'm going to be fucking doing myself a disservice no matter how fucking shot out some of the ending sequences that y'all have brought up to me are so i'm gonna finally push myself to get through it all right hell yeah okay we got a we got some good episodes coming up in the near future then um as for me i uh i went to georgia 
I got extremely drunk. Um, I went and hung out with Kenneth for a bit. I watched this movie. It was an anthology movie that was all about uh, Peter Cushing thinking that the uh, world is secretly controlled by cats and that cats uh, murder people. And like the like Donald Pleasance is in one of the segments. It's fucking great. Um, it is an awesome fucking movie. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but uh, I'll figure it out. Yeah, please do, because this sounds interesting. Yeah, dude. You know, the world being dominated by cats. I love it. Yeah, it's fucking, it is, it is awesome. I, I highly enjoyed it. Um, I also watched um, Willow Creek, which was a Bigfoot movie. Uh, it's a little long for, for you know, a, like, basically a slasher. It, I mean, you can kind of consider it just a party 80s vibe slasher. So it was a little bit long, but I had fun with that one. I was apparently the only one that had fun with it, but, you know, whatever. Um, I've been meaning to watch Willow Creek. It's it's good. I enjoyed it. It's fucking. It's funny. Like it's really fucking funny to me. Um, but it's just it just it's just a little because it's almost two fucking hours, and it doesn't need to be two hours. Not for a, basically a fucking slasher. Well, I mean, to me, one of the best Bigfoot movies that I watched was, uh, and I don't know if it's it, is Willow Creek like legit Bigfoot or is it like yeah, the it's legend. Bigfoot. Yeah, the best one that I watched is called Exists. Yes, yeah. that one was fucking great. Yeah, um, I really and I, and I know the dude that played the Sasquatch in that one, that played Bigfoot. I know the guy that did it, and uh, he's also uh, his name's Brian Steele. He also did uh, the uh, he did the the red fucking goddamn uh, the red uh, evolved version of Dracula in Blade Three. Um, what else did he do? He was he was in uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, he's been a bunch of the werewolves in fucking um, the Underworld series. Um, he's done a bunch of shit, and that's who he was. He was in that, and uh, yeah, Exist was fucking great. And then I got another buddy of mine, uh, Jerry. You know him. You know Billy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He. Uh, he's wanting to go out and check out some of that stuff out in the woods and stuff, like actually go hunting. Go hunting a Bigfoot? Yeah. Yeah, Bigfoot's well, not, not have like, interdimensional travel abilities. Not he's like not hunting, be able to get hunting. One. You know, not like hunting, hunting. Not like going out and killing Oh, one. he just wants to go out looking for a Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would totally go look for a fucking Bigfoot. I think it'd be fucking awesome. And and so, you know, because I'm, 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 I, I find it hard to believe that nobody has ever got like you know even though you say the interdimensional thing which makes fucking perfect sense considering yep. nobody in history has ever gotten a, a legit clear picture of these things you know what i'm saying but at the same time i mean i can't deny the existence of it because nobody has ever got a clear picture of an alien yet you know maybe here in the very near future <laughs> here here in the future we, we will have them we're storming <laughs> yeah. area 51 we're yeah. all gonna fucking die but uh, but yeah. So you know, and I've and that's another one of those things that as vast as the universe is, I find it very hard to believe that that we are the only life in it. Yeah, and I just want to point out how fucking smart it is that this new depressed age we live in. Fuck suicide by cop. We're doing suicide by Area Fifty One. Yeah, hey man, that's my know, plan. How many people is fucking supposed to go out there and do that uh, shit? Uh, I mean hundreds of thousands but but i mean the group set like the group was always made with the intention of being a joke it even says in its thing that like this is just a joke we're not really doing this 
but I don't know, know, man. I'm pretty sure there's some people out there. Someone's going to show up. Yeah, somebody's going to show, you know what I'm saying? Because I thought it was great when fucking you start seeing celebrities like Keanu Reeves. Well, those were all, those were all, a lot of those were fake. The the Snapchat pictures, those are all fakes. I know there was a couple of them that were legit, but only a couple. It was only a few. It wasn't like a whole shitload. Oh, yeah, by the way, I found out today, if neither one of y'all know, Jeremy Renner, the guy that plays Hawkeye in fucking the Avengers, he also has a very prominent music career. Yes, I found that out the other day, too. I, I, shared, I shared a link on my Facebook. I was like, uh, this is a thing that exists. It's and not I, bad. He's got a decent voice. Right, right. It's like, I was pop, it's like water- pop Rocky, so it's not anything. I'm going to have to reel this in because it's, it's just not horror related. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm, I'm gonna, Jeremy uh, Renner was Jeffrey Dahmer. There, it's horror related again. Yeah, okay, and, and, but, and his music was great <laughs> as he was putting drill bits into people, you know, young boy skulls. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway... Uh, continuing on with that, I went and saw Crawl in theaters, which Me I too. highly fucking recommend. I'm so sick and tired of these fucking sci-fi creature features. And I mean the channel who makes fucking shitty movies like Shark Exorcist. I'm tired of all that bullshit. Crawl <laughs> takes it back to being a fucking serious film. And that movie fucking just jumps from the beginning and just goes. And I fucking, I loved Crawl. It, I can't wait to get that on Blu-ray. It's, all CG? Yeah, it's all CG, but, I mean, it looks fucking wonderful. Okay, so it's not like, it's, even, it's, not saying anything bad about it, but it's not like Lake Placid CG. No, 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 no. It's, no, it's CG's fantastic. on point, and the animals are realistic in, A, their behaviors, and the plot in general is yeah. very plausible. They're, they're, okay, only, cool. they're only like <laughs> slightly more aggressive than what they would really be. In real life, okay, like yeah, for Hollywood's sake, it. but it's not. It is. It is like a dead serious fucking horror film, and like the first jump scare that happens in it, fucking, I about flew out of my goddamn seat. Nice, nice, nice. Um, fucking, uh, I, 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 I've, I've seen a lot of good things about it, and then obviously with you being creature feature guru, I would fucking take your opinion over anybody else's. So. Yeah, this is the creature features that I want. This yeah, is exactly what I want with a creature feature. Please fucking do more crawl. And apparently there's rumors of Aja getting I to reboot Nightmare on Elm Street. So maybe there will be a Nightmare on Elm Street movie I actually like. Besides, yeah, Who's supposed to be doing this? Aja. Aja. Alexandre Aja. He's the guy who did High Tension and the Piranha 3D remake and the uh, Hills Have Eyes remake. Huh. Wow. I didn't know he did high tension. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's part of the French extreme movement. Yeah, the Hills Have Eyes remake was fucking insane. Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, so shit, I still have like fucking three more things to talk about. Um, we did a new underwater kaiju from outer space on the original Mothra from 1961. We also gave a small review of the uh Steelbook. For Mothra that just came out by Mill Creek, you can probably cop that for like 15 bucks. Beautiful fucking uh, steel case. Uh, also, if y'all didn't see this, it started. The rumors started floating around today. A uh, a, a posting was made on a Target.com that had a that was Godzilla the Showa collection on Blu-ray for 150 dollars. This and apparently the it was posted by. The uh, vendor who would normally do Criterion for Target. So this might be the Showa 
Blu-ray collection coming out from Criterion. And for 150 bucks, that is half of what I thought it would cost. So, hell How many movies yes. would that be? Um, 15. That, that's fucking um, that's like $10, $10 a movie. Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah uh, and, and they technically have the right to a few other non-Godzilla movies that came out in the Showa era, like uh, Rodan and uh, War of the Gargantuas. So this legit could be a fucking huge box set. And if it's under $200, fucking sold. I will suck so much dick to get that. But as of right now, still a rumor. Make sure you suck, make sure you suck more cock because, you know, Christmas is coming. And I'd love to have that for Christmas, Jerry. I don't understand why you can't suck. What are you going to give me some bullshit? Oh, well, my beard gets in the way. Yeah, no, that's exactly you. it. Uh, yeah, I have a most beard. Most people too. don't like it when the beard tickles the butthole. Well, I have a beard also. I glue it on. Okay. I was fit to say you got a beard also. <laughs> really? You talk about that little bit of peach fuzz that hangs off the bottom of your chest. It is more than peach <laughs> fuzz. It I is... mean, that don't even tickle a butthole. That tickles like the the in between my fucking dick and balls. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't have that much hair. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I have been streaming on fucking Twitch. Uh, I recently did Castlevania Rondo of Blood and got my ass kicked on that. I played fucking King of Fighters today, uh, King of Fighters 94, and literally went through every single person I could play as and could not beat the first match. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was fucking awful. I finally like made it reset and choose some a different team, and I beat the other team, and then the next team I had to fight was the one that was the fucking first team that I couldn't beat. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, so you can catch me streaming on Twitch, playing video games, sucking. I, I'm kind of bouncing between. I played Ikaruga the other day, sucked at that. I've been also doing a longer video of playing Dark Cloud 2 for the PS2 if you want some fucking action RPG goodness. So all that good stuff, links are in the description for that kind of shit. Other than that, I, th- I wait, think. Wait, wait, wait. They're what? filming Conjuring 3 in Noonan. Oh, I, I was wondering. Uh, I need to look it up. Did they ever settle that lawsuit with the guy who, like, said he owned the rights to all the Warren cases? I don't know whether they did, but I know that they're filming it. Because the uh, the house that they used for, uh, what is it, the house with the clock in its walls? Mm-hmm. They're using the same house for The Conjuring 3. Oh, shit. What is up with, speaking of which, man, did y'all see the fucking lawsuit for uh, It? Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. That's is, that's a reach okay, and a half, so, man. So for the for just for people who don't know, the producers behind the It miniseries from the '90s are suing the uh, makers of It Chapter One and It Chapter Two, the new movies, claiming that these movies are remakes of the '90s uh, series and not a readaptation of Stephen King's novel, and therefore they are owed money for it. Uh, and I'm just like, no, get the fuck out of here. You are, no, no they are readapting the novel. Uh, Kenneth, you've read the novel. You've seen the 90s miniseries. Which, do, is there anything that you can remember that happened in It Chapter 1 that happened only in the 90s miniseries and not in the book? Not really. I think the biggest thing, if either one of y'all have watched the trailer for Part 2, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I goddamn watched the second one, and I'm avoiding it on purpose. Yeah, I okay. only watched that. There first. are there are things in the trailer that come directly out of the book that were not in the that were not in in the 1990s movie at all. 
Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, and, get the fuck out of here. And, yeah, there's, there's, there. When it really comes down to it, I, I, in my personal opinion, I don't think that they can dispute this at all because there's so many. You can you can take a book and you can interpret it any kind of which way that you want. Okay, the only thing that I remember from it chapter one that even is is a slight throwback to the 1990s is when they were giving when they were paying homage to fucking uh, Tim Curry's costume when um da, 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 Richie goes into the room with all the clowns and you can clearly see right before he gets to the casket yeah. with the puppet of him in it you can see that and that's but a other fucking that, Easter egg that's not right there's nothing else. It, it, that I can remember in that movie that because that's one of the biggest reasons why I didn't like it is because the 1990s version, in my opinion, even though it was still there were still things that were away from the source material in three hours of the first one, you got so much shit going on and so much more. And then in the new one, the pacing was so fast that you couldn't get as much shit in there as I thought, which was weird to me. But there's really not any major similarities between the two that I can think of other than the, the things that are side by side from the source material that would be used. But hell, even then, I mean, the portrayal of fucking Pennywise is not anywhere near term Tim Curry's at all. I'm not saying nothing against Bill Skarsgård. I mean, his, his interpretation of it is great, but damn, it, 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 it doesn't seem like a ripoff at all. None of the way the none of the way any of the other characters seems like a ripoff. There's nothing from the story from the first one that is exactly the same. They've actually changed more shit in the new one than from from the book. So I mean, there's really not anything that I can think of that even remotely resembles the '90s version. Exactly. I the most interesting to me is is uh when I saw this, it got me thinking of. John Carpenter's thing, which is often helmed as the greatest remake of all time. And it got me thinking, does that count as a remake or a re-adaptation? Because it does follow the book a little bit more closely. And it, it just got me to, like, trying to go, that would be a really good debate. Which, once again, led me to, uh, actually an older idea I had that, uh, and I'm not the only, and every, a lot of people have had this idea. Watson came to me once with this idea, and I was like, oh shit, I have the same idea. So this is kind of well known, but I'm thinking about doing it. Um, it would be a uh, debate show that would be really like uh, listener driven because it would mostly I would I would ask for topics from the listeners. We may do one or two topic a show, um, and then there would be me, and then there would be two people pro, two people con. Um, if it's a like. Is if the question was like, is John Carpenter's thing a remake or a readaptation? And there would be two people pro, two people con, and then me as like a moderator and devil's advocate. Ooh, I like um, that. Uh, but you could also do it where it, it's not just that. You, I could also be like, okay, guys, what is the best werewolf movie of all time? And someone can be there to represent American Werewolf in London. Some people can be there to represent The Howling. Someone can represent Silver Bullet. And it can be kind of a fun debate, and then at the end of it, we can always give it to the listeners with a poll, and they will vote who actually won. Uh, and it could be fun because it could just be a interchanging thing. I've even came up with two names for it. Um, the the two names, and y'all can tell me what y'all think, uh, since I'm giving away all my ideas on this episode. So the two I have is Roundtable of the Living Dead mm. or Midnight Horror Debate. Kind of like a midnight horror club, but I like midnight, midnight horror, debate. horror debates just because it's it's more 
yeah, about could, what the show's about. Yeah, I could totally see myself sitting at a table smoking my pipe debating y'all over movies. Yeah, so so we'll, we don't know what the name's going to be, but I think this is something we might do. It will uh, Obviously, it won't be like a standard Kill the Cast episode. It won't be a number Kill the Cast episode. It'll be another sideshow, um, and it'll be interchangeable guests. So sometimes Kenneth might be on, or Jay might be on, or I might have someone like Watson or Bo um, or fucking Jamie so she can come represent the Howling. Right. What's your name on Twitch? Uh, my name on Twitch is the Game Case Show. No spaces. All one name. And I'm on there being sexy a lot. Not really. I mostly sit in a chair and suck at video games. But uh, yeah, so that might be something we'll be doing soon. Um, I, I've just kind of been torn around with the idea of it. I I've got to kind of figure out when we would do it because it would be. That one would be, I wouldn't have it like set on a, as a standard Sunday show. It would depend on when everyone can record. So that'd be a lot, a lot of fun. So I guess, does anyone have anything else to say? Can we move on? Um, I, we went like fucking 30 minutes just on, uh, introduction, which we normally don't do, but fuck it. We did it this time. Okay. Well, we're only doing one movie, so we got time. We only ever do one movie. This is a horror coliseum. Or it's not an anime double feature. We have done two for that. Uh, Okay. Here we go. Today we are taking on David Cronenberg's 1983 body slash psychological horror film, Videodrome. When Max acquires a different kind of show for his station, a sleazy cable TV programmer begins to see his life in the future of media spin out of control in a terrifying new way. 7.3 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, starring fucking James Woods, uh, Debbie Harry from Blondie, and then other fucking people. You know, fuck them. I don't care about them. No, they're cool. So uh, this movie was actually picked by Kenneth. So we're gonna we're gonna throw this over to Kenneth uh, and let him have first dibs on talking about Videodrome. Um, this is one of those movies that when. I was uh, I was younger. My dad introduced me to this one as well. As you know, most of your listeners out there have heard that my dad introduced me to a lot of those movies. Um, and I can remember watching it. <laughs> it's a strange movie to be watching with your dad when you're young. Now, let me let me just put it that way. Dad, um, what's that on his stomach? Well, son, that's the future. One day we will add vaginas all over the place, and you won't have to choose just the one between her legs. You can fuck her shoulder, son. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Well, I mean, I wasn't quite, I, I think I was a, at least in my, a teenager. I was probably like 13 or 14. Oh, did you uh, have a weird boner to James Gunn's stomach? Not James Gunn, James Wood. <laughs> no, but I have had one to James Gunn's stomach before. Uh, you know, like when I was watching Slither. Um, Fair enough. Uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, it was one of those that at the time I could see the, the, the relevance that this movie had with the social commentary, but I didn't understand it to the level that I understand it now, especially with the internet and stuff like that. And I'm going to just assume that, you know, if, if people out there listening to this show, they've seen this movie. So, uh, I, I think that the social commentary in this has a lot more. And in my, and in my opinion, it has even more relevance now than it ever has, even though it's taken, it's mostly centered around television and how 
television can can it you know uh, basically take away our time and things like that. And then the 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 way that they're leaning towards you know how television can influence people and things like that, which you know there's always been that grand debate of whether television really influences people. Um, but I think the internet has a lot more now to play into that kind of thing because you know when we watch when we see things on social media and things like that i do believe that basically what we are being fed you know without because a lot of people out there and and i've been guilty of doing this before and i'm sure both of you have at least once are guilty of not doing the research into things that we see and so when we don't we become you know influenced by these things and sometimes we are i guess have a a a, a wrongful, for lack of a better term, opinion of these things because we don't have all the information that's needed. And so, you know, looking at looking at Videodrome, there are instances in this movie where, you know, his, his character is highly influenced by these things that are going on. And then obviously, you know, with the hallucinations and, and whatnot. And, and I think that that can reign true for, you know, in a metaphorical sense, I think that can reign true for people who, who get online and they see these things and then, you know, they're, all they're believing is what they're being fed instead of, instead of taking the time to, to, you know, really look into what the, really look into this, some of these things. And, and, and it's, it's like I said, the, the relevance to society, it go, it goes really, really thick. If you start looking at it from that, from that perspective that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people out there that see some of these things that we see online and, and are highly influenced by them, either in their attitudes or emotions or things like that can go out and do some terrible things. Just like, just the way that I think that James Wood's character did in this, where he's kind of torn back and forth between what he's supposed to be doing because of the influences of video drum and then him coming to fruition and, and being like, okay, fuck this and, 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 and killing the people that are responsible for it. And then eventually, you know, for the new flesh and whatnot, the, the, which I believe was a uh, at the end of it when it ends, I believe that there was no further ascension. I think that it was a ploy to get him to kill himself. But uh, you know, uh, when he comes to when he comes around and he comes full circle and things like that. So I think it has a if if you really dig deep into it, it really has a lot of relevance to the way that we are influenced by things that we see and things that we read that are either 100% factual, not 100% factual or lies mixed in with the truth. For sure. I'm, I'm going to let Jay, I'm going to let you go before I jump in just because I've got a lot of things I can say on top of Kenneth. So I don't want to take everything. So Jay, uh, Jay, was this your first time seeing video drone? Uh, not my first time, first time in a long time, like over 10 years. It's been since I seen this. So it was almost like a new watch to me. Um, I dug it. It's, uh, it's great body horror. Uh, it's got a good plot that keeps, uh, keeps moving along, keeps you interested. Uh, and then the, the final series of sequences is just fucking bananas, uh, which is always nice, um, to get that, uh, that payoff after, uh, after a slower movie. Um, I, I don't know how to follow Kenneth's <laughs> okay. summary of, of um, the metaphors in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got I, I've got a lot to say. Also, um, um, I tried to, I tried to keep my, my mind open to uh, what the movie could represent. I mean, there's the obvious surface stuff like uh, you know media is bad for us. People aren't uh, 
aren't letting their their own thoughts be their own thoughts we're consuming too much that kind of stuff um towards the end i had a real hard time telling if um what was going on was hallucinations or actually him you know being controlled by the government or whatever agency had invented videodrome or tried to weaponize it um, so that that was nice to to really have a kind of open ended ending and leave it up for um, interpretation, I guess is the right word. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. All right, okay. Uh, so, Videodrome. Um, one, I love this movie because I love the subject matter. Uh, everyone knows I'm very much into like internet horror, uh, and so I like things that are media based horror that would be the prerequisite uh, to internet horror. And this is a big one of it. I love reading about like um, internet legends and, and shit like that. And like reading about snuff films or, you know, reading about like the max headroom uh, hacking incident, random, random fucking stuff like this. So this is movies just right up my fucking alley. Um, and I think Kenneth is right. It does hit a little bit harder today because you think you could, easily remake this movie and turn it into you know using the internet and have it follow something like the blue whale challenge or the momo challenge uh, uh, exactly 100 100 yeah following those kind of like urban legends and shit because like um th- things like the fucking because the momo challenge is really just a watered down version of of the blue whale challenge Right, because uh, the blue whale challenge can be way more fucked up. If you don't know what the blue whale challenge is, it's basically it's a little internet game where you get sent random things to do and you have to do them, and it builds up uh, to bigger things like staying awake for three days, cutting yourself, and eventually uh, you're told to kill yourself. Um, and, and you could easily take something like that, some kind of internet manipulation of a person, especially, uh, young people, which is where a lot of, like, this movie does not, uh, shine that light at young people, this is actually shining the lights at adults, which I think is fucking wonderful, because it, 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 so many times when we bring up, oh, we shouldn't watch this, it's bad for us, it's always, it's harmful to children, but we don't really talk about how it would be harmful to adults, um, and this one kind of shines the light at that, which I think is fucking wonderful because we never see that um but it would easily be able to take it uh to this and especially nowadays because the internet has made all of these types of uh, videos to be found a lot easier uh we legit can go and find really fucked up videos whether it's you know people being beheaded or one man one ice pick um and if you think this shit doesn't exist well it, it does nowadays. A snuff film is no longer a fucking urban legend. If you don't believe me, look up Peter Scully. Look up him and, and Daisy's destruction. Mm-hmm. And you will know how fuck... And now, I'm going to warn you, really, really fucked up. It does involve children. But, if like, this shit does exist. People are buying this kind of shit on the deep web in, in uh, foreign third world countries. Shit like that. Um... 
where it's like, you know, and, and to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, it's it's where things like Faces of Death and Traces of Death back in our day when we were young used to be the fucking the extreme thing, even though Faces of Death, you know, a lot of it's not real. Traces of Death was completely real. And the thing about it is, is that was one of those things back then that was extreme for us. Now, Traces of Death and Faces of Death is fucking cartoons in comparison to some of the shit you see on the Internet now. Yeah, I mean, uh, did y'all see that fucking case of the the that happened this week of the um, girl who was, you know, kind of like an internet personality or Instagram influencer? Uh, a fucking guy like slit her throat, took pictures of it, and posted it on Instagram. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Yeah, yeah it's dude. real fucked up. Uh, I mean, so like the the fucking the the whole idea of Videodrome that uh, what. Um, uh, fucking what's the guy's name uh fucking his stupid fucking tv name uh brian oblivion brian oblivion yeah dr oblivion uh and i like how it's done like it's irish with an o yeah. and an apostrophe um, <laughs> yeah. but he talks about how uh uh the tv has become realer to us than real life and if that's not the goddamn internet nowadays for people i don't know like his statement has come true because we, uh, for a lot of us, we only exist on, when you're listening to this podcast, none of us have bodies. We are fucking floating voices you are hearing through uh, a web of connections. Yeah, we're just information. That's yes. all we are. You know, and, and, and that, that actual phrase, uh, a lot of the things that the guy said and whatnot kind of rings true. And I got to, I got to analyze it myself when it comes to that. And it actually kind of rings true because when, I, when I'm sitting down and I'm watching a movie and, and, and anybody, any of the, any of our fans out there that are listening at this current moment, if you are into a movie enough to listen to this podcast, then you are into a movie enough for at that current moment while you're watching it, that to be all there is. And, and Jerry knows there's some movies out there that I get into so hardcore that for an hour and a half or two hours of my life, nothing else exists but that movie, but what I'm watching on the screen, nothing else. And that, and, and so when I heard that, I was just like, wow. I mean, and that really rains home. Yeah. It's it, to me, it's what makes this movie uh, is the backdrop of what we see on TV is just as real as real life. Um, and this kind of this movie takes it a step further with it putting out there is not only is it real life, but it's the new flesh. It is the new world. And to me, when I watch this, I kind of go, is the new flesh the Internet? Yeah. Like, is that the next step? Like, is that like taking your conscious and like your body dies, but you put your conscious on the Internet like you see like in Ghost in the Shell and shit? Mm -hmm. Like, are we moving to that? Like. It's kind of insane watching some of these old movies and going, now with hindsight and new information that's out there today, can I go back and go, is Videodrome predicting the internet or am I putting too much into it? I don't think so. I mean, because I, f I feel like that a lot of a lot of the people out there that have ideas like this, um, I mean... The, the crazy thing about it is, is even though that, you know, when Cronenberg came up with this and whatever, it was it was obviously based off other things. There was a guy um, that did a lot of writing that the Oblivion character was based off of. And I can't remember his name now. I want to say it was like Mueller or something like that. Um, you know, people had this idea that the information age would come at such a wave 
based on the advent of the television, that that was just that uh, the television was the first step, you know, I mean, and, and it's and, and then you could go back even further than that. But the thing about it is, is people would get lost in books and they would get lost in radio shows and stuff like that. But neither one of those mediums had the level that we have with television and, and now computers and cell phones. None, none, none of that. None of those had the had the level of getting into the mind of human beings for us to be continuously stimulated as as these mediums do. And so to me, it doesn't seem like that for people back then that that kind of thought a little bit outside of the box. It doesn't seem like that the the idea that we would be so overwhelmed with information to the point of where we are now and continuing to go it, it is such a far-fetched idea to me. It, it, it I, I, I can see that people back in the late 70s, early 80s, and even further back than that, you know, when TV started coming around, can start getting the idea that, oh, my God, where are we going in, down in this rabbit hole of, of just continual information to the point of where at this current moment in time right now, I, I don't think it's a far-fetched idea to think that eventually we would be able to download our consciousness inside of a computer or download it into some type of mainframe like that. I really don't. I think that I think that eventually we may not see it in our lifetimes or a couple of generations past us. But if we don't have some uh, extinction level event that happens to us as human beings, I, f I, I think that within maybe the next hundred to 200 years, the possibility of downloading your consciousness into a computer or some form of information like that is highly possible. Yeah. I mean, it we're okay, so we're gonna get in a little bit into like specific stuff from this movie, talk about actual scenes, um, and do like a, a medium rundown of the movie. We're not gonna tell you everything in the movie because you've probably seen fucking video drum. So, our, our main character is Max Wren, he's the president of Civic TV, uh, uh, a Toronto UHF television station specializing in uh, basically mostly softcore porn and violent shit. Um, my favorite. I, yeah, and he's looking for new stuff, and uh, there's a guy named Harlan who uh, finds some shit with his unauthorized satellite dish, which he thinks is coming from Malaysia, called Videodrome. There's nothing to it. It's literally just masked guys beating the shit out of a uh, what looks to be an Asian lady uh, on a wall of clay with water coming down. Right. So, uh, he... This is what starts Max down his feverish thing of trying to find more of this. Um, he then goes to a talk show where he has to defend his station's programming choices to Nikki Brand, a psychiatrist and radio host, and Professor Brian Oblivion, a pop culture analyst and philosopher who only appears on television. That's because we find out he's been dead for a long fucking time, we think. Ooh. It's kind yes. of fucking hard to tell. The great thing about this movie is is liter is not being able to tell what's real and what's a a hallucination by Adam, and also what's being set up by the government for. Uh, I said Adam, didn't I? What the fuck? Yes, for Max. Who it seems it seems kind of odd to me with all those fucking videotapes and shit that were in that place. How this guy could think of every possible scenario for him to be able to respond to people talking to him through the TV. 
And not so only that, how do you assume... edit that in real time? Well, I just, oh, yeah, that's a good point. I was going to say, I just assumed, uh, you know, it was the future. Uh, you know, someone had basically figured out what people do on YouTube for fun now, where they edit a bunch of stuff together to make a new speech. But you're right, he did have... Uh, real world responses so i don't know right like when they like when they're in that what well, the scene that we're talking about right the second where they're in that fucking um where they're in the news station and 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 dude's doing his interview with with what's her name um and sorry people y'all know that i'm shitty with names um damn uh you know this guy was responding to the to the host of the show like jerry said in real time it's like, how can you possibly think of every single scenario like now, that? Now, to be fair, his response was kind of generic. It was um, a monologue, he didn't really too. <laughs> answer He didn't really answer the question directly. Uh, but still, nonetheless, like, when you go into the video that's sent to Max from him, is that Max's hallucinations? Is that pre-recorded because he knew the future? Or, what, like, you don't know what the fuck's going on at that point. I think that one is his hallucinations. Most likely, that would be the most common thing. Uh, so, Max ends up dating Nikki. Uh, Nikki gets really turned on by watching Videodrome. And so, they have sex, and he pierces her ears while they have sex? Because yep. that's attractive. That's a thing, man. Sexy. That's a kink. Well, I know stuff like that's kinky. It's just like, they're like, how can we show this as a kink in this movie without going too far? Oh, just, you know, fucking shove needles in her ear. There's a lot of things that are that, that's crazy to me as I watch this movie that are that are, that are supposed to be extreme for the time, and I'm looking at them and I'm just like, yeah, that's really not that extreme. Yeah, that's true. But then again, I used to work at a tattoo shop, so seeing somebody get pierced is is nothing to me. Yeah, but have you seen someone get pierced while they had a penis inside them? I haven't seen it like in person. <laughs> but you've seen videos. Oh yeah. Like I said, man, there's shit, the, like the whole thing, the video drone setup and stuff like that. Oh, I, I, man, I've seen worse than that on porn sites, on everyday porn sites. I'm not talking about damn, you know, the fucking deep web and shit. I'm talking about like everyday fucking goddamn porn sites. That That's nothing. Hell, you can go buy magazines with more extreme shit like that in the gas station on the corner. Yeah, but the interesting part about Nikki is the fact that she is a psychiatrist who kind of helps people and her herself, uh, you know, when you think of a psychiatrist, you think of this normal person who has everything to put together, and then it, you come to find out that she is into sadomasochism and shit like that, and uh, in the 80s, that would be looked at as like, oh, there's something wrong with him. Nowadays, it's just like, yeah, that's a fucking kink. It's all good. Oh, yeah, this is, you know, pre-Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, Kenneth, you're off the show. <laughs> we, we we will be replacing you uh, with a watermelon so that that sentence can never be said again. Hey, man, I'm sorry. You know, this is pre that where, you know, every uh, as I think I where did I see that quote somewhere where or I heard it in a movie or something like that where or an interview where it's like every housewife in America suddenly wants to get uh, beaten by a rich guy. I know. It was Fifty Shades of Grey. Fair enough. Um, so we find out that uh, the video drum signal is coming out of Pittsburgh, and of course this excites Nikki, and she really wants to go be on it. But uh, Max is like, "Yo, I don't think this is fake. You do not need to do this." 
So Max ends up tracking down Oblivion, uh, which he's work, he's in a homeless shelter, which really it's just his his daughter uh, Bianca who ends up running it, uh, and she was kind of hot. Yeah, she wasn't bad looking. Uh, so. He starts getting uh, hallucinations once he gets this video in, uh, and he finds out that these are just the uh, side effects of Videodrome. Uh, when he gets this hallucination, that his torso is turning into a gaping hole, which so is I would that like a to point out because later in the movie, they when they stick the VHSs in him, is that him just? No. Okay, first of all, everyone. It is not VHS's tapes. It is beta. Okay. Well, whatever. We are accurate on this show. Yeah. The uh, the format that lost. Yeah. Uh, Funny enough, it only lost because it wouldn't do porn. It was actually a superior format. Um, But they wouldn't do porn. A friend of mine's got a bunch of them. You remember Tommy? You met him at the damn uh, Ed Days of the Dead. He's got a shit ton of them. He's got Jaws on beta. Yeah. Um, So... it just bothers me that everywhere when I'm looking at this, people are calling it VHS and, v- and calling his stomach a, v- a VCR, and I'm like, bitch, no, it's beta. But they don't tell you it's beta in the movie, so unless you either know what a beta looks like or you do you know, five minutes of research, you won't know. Doesn't the- he at one point say, do you have any on beta? And when he's talking to the guy's daughter. Oh, yeah, when Bianca's like, what format would you like? And he kind of he's kind of fucking with her, yeah. Uh, but for everybody out there that's listening, if you ever want to know, if you the quickest way to tell the difference between a VHS tape and a beta tape from the time period is when you look at both of them, they look pretty close to the same, except for a beta is just a little bit wider from front to back, and it also, one side of the reel is covered. Uh, it's also shorter. It is not as tall as a VHS. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like, like from the fucking label side to the, to the tape side is a little bit fatter. And then from side to side, it's a little bit shorter. Yeah. It's like my penis versus Kenneth's penis. Right. Uh, so Jerry's got the girth. Uh, I got nothing, baby. (laughs) Uh, so we find out that it's a, uh, that, uh, you know, you can basically get a brain tumor and that's how oblivion died quote unquote or that's how oblivion found out is he got a brain tumor from all this shit and it was, what, he believes it was done purposely to him i want to go back to what jay was asking just a minute ago and i'm curious about this myself all right where he's talking about when they put the betas in his stomach and stuff like that okay there is no real fine line to figure out where hallucination and reality is going. The only thing that I can think of is that obviously the vagina and the stomach and the and the, and the, the 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 skin over the gun and all the rest of that stuff is hallucination. But at this point, if it's just the thing in his brain where he's got the fucking tumor in his brain and all the rest of that, how are they implanting what they want him to do? Uh, I believe see, that's doing... what I was going to ask. I was going to say, is is them putting the, the betas in his stomach a metaphor for the mental manipulation they're doing? Or is it like the end of the movie, actual like body horror that happens to him? Because Oblivion at one point was saying that the, the tumor is creating new body parts and stuff. I believe that it is 100% all hallucinations. And them feeding the tapes to him 
is his way of seeing the manipulation because that's way he can that mentally he's being rewired so that he can accept the explanation of him being told to do stuff that he can't refuse and that in his brain is by them forcing it inside of him that he like he is now a machine and he, they are they can put orders into him and he has to do them uh how he's getting it in real life it could be as simple as them telling it it could be seeing certain flashes on a TV or just some do kind of ever, signal being sent to him or something like that. Do we ever see him take the helmet off? I can't remember. No, I, I think the scene ends and it's just the next scene. So we never truly see him take the helmet off, right? Are you are you saying that maybe he never leaves outside that helmet? Yeah. Uh, That's what I'm thinking. Even though at the end of it, they don't. The Matrix is a ripoff of Videodrome. Saying it now. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> but either, but either way, I mean, I mean, maybe he never does. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's right then that you know. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember. Like the hallucination started, but maybe when he puts the helmet on is when they start influencing what he's doing. But if he never takes the helmet off, he's not walking around fucking in regular life with that gigantic helmet on and not being noticed. That's true. 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 So I don't think that. I don't think like. I don't think that's the case. I do think uh, the helmet is what turns it into where he like full on like is hallucinating for the rest of the fucking movie. After that helmet, there's no real world to him. It is all hallucinations and it is all the changeover and, and, and it becomes worse when he goes to Bianca. And that's the one thing I don't like about this movie. I don't like um, how his brain gets rewired from what the government does to him. To Bianca, who then rewires him again and changes him further with really no explanation of how she does it besides she shot him. Yeah. I, I mean, think it just helps snap him back to reality and then he goes on his own. But he hallucinates. He still hallucinates. He still sees his hand as as the fucking mutated gun flesh gun. Well, I mean, her shooting him ain't going to fucking kill the brain tumor in his head. But maybe it fucking goddamn sent the wires back, or maybe it brought him into some kind of, you know, realization or so, or, or something kind of like what Jay said. It could be, but then he's walking around with all those gunshots with no fucking problem. Well, so the mind, like the mind, is a crazy thing. So if he was just shot once in the stomach, and really it's only a a, a few hours, maybe it's not a even like a couple of days. Uh, where after that that snaps him out of the the government programming and he decides that as he's dying he'd rather go take out the people responsible so they can't do it to anybody else real or imagined and he goes kills them and then does he kills himself at the end right yeah, yeah but we'll get there well here's my thing is maybe he never actually got shot and he just thinks he got shot it was his hallucination got shot because in that scene uh the rewiring is bianca showing him the tape of nikki being strangled to death uh and then somehow bianca reprograms him but see Uh, i don't think it's her reprogramming him i think after that he's making his own conscious choices and the tape of seeing someone he cared about being tortured just snapped him out of his uh his programming, but he's still hallucinating, right? But he's never going to stop hallucinating. It's just yeah, now he can make tumor. his own decisions. I don't, I don't, I don't. I feel like he's still not making his own decisions because I feel like at this point now he's Bianca's play toy. 
and Bianca's war against them. Yeah, you, but, may be, but, you may be right about that one. I mean, and that's the crazy thing about this movie is none of the main part of the narrative, you know what I'm saying, is really explained at this point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we can sit here and we can wax intellectual all goddamn day long about all the fucking metaphors and shit that are in this movie. But the main part of it, the fucking goddamn meat, is at once after he puts that headphone on, man, it's anybody's game of what the fuck is going on. Other than the fact that he goes and kills people. Yeah, because at that, because from from the Bianca reprogramming, quote unquote, because we don't know if it's reprogramming or uh, it's either reprogramming or un. Well, well, it would still technically be reprogramming. It was just or reprogramming or unprogramming. Your choice of uh, <laughs> front words there. Uh, God damn it! How dumb am I? What is that called again? When you add the letters on the front. Prefix. Prefix. There we go. Prefix for death. Um, so at that point, he then goes, and, and this is why I think he's still Bianca's play toy, because you got to think, Bianca and, and uh, Convex are completely against each other. So she then sends him to kill Convex, because Convex sent him to not only kill the other people at the station for civic TV so that they could have, so that the government could have civic TV, uh, which I feel like there was much easier ways to do that, but whatever. Uh, but I also think this is a, a an American government in C- Canada because I never really say which government it is. And I don't think it's Canada's government doing it. I think it's America's government and they're going to experiment doing it in Canada before they do it in America. Yeah. Canada is way too nice to do that to their people. Right, Heather? Wink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then to go kill Bianca. And then Bianca somehow rewires and blah, blah, blah. And so he then goes to kill Convex. He he shoots Convex and he still hallucinates because he still sees his fucking uh, gun hand uh, fucking thing. And he shoots Convex and then he leaves and he goes on a boat. And uh, he doesn't know what to do. And then, of course, TV appears with uh nikki on there and nikki explains to him that he's done all that he can but video strom still exists he hurt them but not enough and he can't do anything more at this point in his condition uh and his condition being one of being fucking alive so <laughs> she's he doesn't he asks how and she shows him a video now keep in mind she's always she's just on the tv also so it then clips over to him shooting himself in the head uh, while saying long live the new flesh. Uh, and so then he does that in real life. And at this point, you're just going, if this was him making his own decisions, I don't think we get this ending. Which, this ending is why I'm, I'm, I'm against that. I think Bianca rewired him, and I think Bianca had him kill himself. I'm willing to accept that that's a possibility, but it's... Uh, I guess that's just a great thing about uh, these kind of movies and this kind of writing is that it's definitely open for your own interpretation. Yeah. And the uh, David Cronenberg wanted to do another ending. He wanted to do one where it, it shows the aftermath of after he fucking killed himself, like of how shit changes and stuff. That like might've that. shed some light on it. Yeah. But there was things that, you know, because if you watch some of the videos on, <clears throat> about the because uh, I watched some of the shit from the Criterion Collection that I happened to find on YouTube, um, the way that the fucking Canadian government was going at that time for you to be able to get uh, some for- basically the Canadian government was funding movies being made so that way they could fucking reap the benefits of 
the fucking box office and stuff like that, almost like putting it back out. So the Canadian government would front the money for people to do it, but they had to do it during tax time. So you only had a fucking window of like September to December to be able to make these movies. Yeah. And so a lot of times what would happen, and I think that's, I think that's everything that I can, that I, I might be leaving you're, something You're out. a little off. I might um, be leaving something out, but I remember, I remember watching that video and, 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 they, they only had this window to get it done. So it wasn't the first time that Cronenberg was stuck making a fucking movie that he couldn't, he, he didn't have it. He was so rushed that he didn't have an ending. Yeah. And he didn't was, have the script finished. Um, and from what, what was I was reading, one? uh, I, fuck, I don't know what's up ahead. Um, but he didn't have a script finished and it's not that he has the window of set of September through December. It's that it has to be done in the same year. And I don't mean like a year from start to date, but I mean, literally like, has to be done in it's, 1982. Yeah, like fiscal year or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, if I remember right, it's not that the government makes money off the box office return. It's more of like they give you tax incentives. Uh, it was you something like that. get tax breaks if you go do it there, uh, which because it gives their people jobs. So it's kind of that deal because that's how it is in Georgia. If you like film in Georgia, you get tax breaks. It was more which... than that because there was rich people in Canada that could invest. Well, yeah, they, well, he had he had backing. This was his first movie where he had like a legit budget and had backing from Hollywood. Right. Um, it, it bombed. For... It was five million to make, and it only made two million at the box office, but. Uh, for people out there that uh, that's listening to this, you can go on YouTube and you can get a whole breakdown of how this worked. All you got to do is just type in video drum, whatever on YouTube, and it'll, and you can find the one that's got a breakdown of exactly how that that whole fucking monetary thing worked when when Cronenberg was making this movie, and then I want to say the one before it, he didn't because he made I think he made like two or three movies utilizing the Canadian thing before Canada stopped. And uh, I can't remember what the other one was that he didn't have a script for, that he didn't have a finished script. Scanners. Scanners was the one. Scanners was the one that he didn't have a finished script for. That's he, And he fucking muddled over the end of Scanners for a long yeah, I didn't like scanners. time. I did. I enjoyed Scanners. I uh, like Scanners, but I, def I definitely like Videodrome more. Um I'd have to rewatch the brood to see if I like the brood more than scanners. I'm not, I like scanners, but I'm not um, as big on scanners as I am the fly and video drum video drum being my favorite. Well, what, what made scanners was special effects. And we're going to segue right into that. The special effects and video drum. <laughs> are great. Oh my God. Yes. Absolutely. Some, some of them look, even the ones that look kind of bad now, I still can look at him and go, yeah, but in 1983, that was fucking balling. Like, the scene where his hand is turning into a gun for the first time, yeah. and you can see, like, the, the the screws coming out and going into mm -hmm. his flesh. Like, yeah, that looks a little off now when I'm watching it in 2019 on a fucking Blu-ray in 1080p. But it still looks good. It's not so bad that, like, it's awful. Yeah, you know, for the year I was born, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, it's fucking great. Uh... The the scenes of everything they did with the TVs having to fucking like they apparently the TV that like bulged and moved and shit they had that hooked up to like a fucking uh, keyboard that they would then press a button and it would like cause the TV to bulge or breathe or move or whatever it they was the to. it was the vans 
the veins and the, because they had the other stuff that would make the TV like wave, but the veins themselves is what they were keeping the rhythm going. Like the fucking, like the veins were fucking pulsating with them, you know, life going through them like, like people veins. But I, that whole scene where he's face fucking the TV was fucking great anyway, because when the, when the, when the screen comes out, I actually sat there when I was watching it and I was like, okay, how did they do this? I was like, because this is a, this is a fucking CGI. So how did they do this? And I thought about it before I watched the videos. I was like, well, what they could have done is they could have put some kind of cloth type material or something like that on the fucking front for the screen and then rear projected onto it to fucking goddamn make it look like it was a TV screen and then fucking goddamn just blew air inside of that and made it fucking balloon out and come to find out that's how they fucking did it. I was about to say, so that's exactly how they did it. Um, yeah. And there got- was a, uh, a demo of the Videodrome TV at the uh, Museum of Pop Culture that uh, caused us to get a billion new likes and follows when I posted right. the pictures of it. Uh, and you could actually put your hands into it and, and do like he did. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's fucking amazing, man. Because it was like when I, when I was watching the scene, and when he was doing it, I didn't. I, I was. I thought it was really cool. But what really got me is when he reaches up and he gropes the screen like he's groping a titty. I was like, uh-huh. okay, yeah, that right there. I was like, that's fucking awesome. That that is so fucking cool. The special effects that they did right there, and yeah. so that that was my favorite. That one was great. My favorite is I love when something is inserted into a body part that (laughs) that's not supposed to have a hole Uh, i love the scenes of people putting the beta tapes inside his fucking stomach i i i i love watching him like push his hand inside himself because it makes me feel really uncomfortable i i i um i'm one of those people that um you know that like shiver that kind of goes up your spine and makes you kind of tweak a little bit you're just like, yes. uh, like when you're getting a real good piss uh yeah but uh <laughs> more uncomfortable like um like when you see a spider that you didn't know was there and no you fight, it's not because i get that man when i see a spider that i didn't know was there and then i kind of pull my hand back i'm like Ugh. no it's not it's it's this uncomfortable feeling that goes through your body like it's a physical experience that i have and i get it a lot and i get it when i even if i'm even listening to a podcast and someone's explaining something that is is fucking gross or like brutal or or something like that. Like it goes to my body and I feel uncomfortable. Um, like I feel it also when people touch my feet. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. How to, I really don't know how to fucking I know somebody explain it. like that with feet. <laughs> I I hope I hope other people know what I'm talking about. Like it's a physical fucking feeling. It's it's. Similar to when you're when you're going down the road and you go that hill and your stomach kind of drops, except it's not located to your stomach. It's it's your whole fucking body. It transcends your entire fucking body. Um, and I get that when I watch shit like this, and I just love that special effect. It it fucking ugh gets me. Yeah, that whole fucking phallic thing that goes on when he like shoves the gun into his belly, where it just straight—I mean, there's there's no other way that you could fucking interpret that other than you know something completely Freudian when he damn you know shoves that gun into his fucking belly. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, I mean, that... because it's just straight looks like a fucking damn penis going into a vagina. I mean, just straight up. Oh yeah, there's so much fucking psychosexual shit happening yeah, in dude. this movie. It I mean that ridiculous. one was that one was my favorite, and then the other one where you see like the gun hand thing come out of the TV screen. I mean, and it clearly looks like a dick. 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, that Jay, one was great. Jay, what what special effects did you really like in this movie? I loved when his hand was turning into a gun. That was fucking great. Uh, it reminded me, actually, since we mentioned it earlier, it reminded me a lot of the Tetsuo movies a little bit uh, with the transformation. But uh, Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I love that. Um, that was fantastic. Um, trying to think of anything else really, really like caught me off guard. Uh, I like when they killed Convex and like when he he fucking falls down or something. Oh yeah, up and he was fucking this, like bubbling fucking... into into like tumors and shit and just yeah. exploded. I was just like, that's fucking gross. I am disgusted and pleased with myself, and I don't know why I have a hard on and. <laughs> It's very, I, like, I, I just really love this fucking movie. I, I love the, I love the Videodrome segments. Oh, also, cool thing, the Videodrome segments and the samurai porn and then the Greek-Roman orgy uh, things that are shown, they they created all of that. None of that was, like, taken from other movies. That was all created for That's this awesome. movie. Uh, which is pretty dope, but... It, it it's fucked up, man. I could go into some serious weird shit that's out there on the internet. Uh, like it would, if you're gonna remake a movie, remake you could really remake Videodrome and update it and do it right. I just hope it's not treated poorly. Like I haven't watched it, but I've heard enough bad about it. The Slenderman movie that came out last year, it's awful. Yeah, not the documentary, but the actual movie. Uh, yeah, just so I'm clear for the audience. Uh, I heard that thing's fucking awful, which pisses me off because, like, Slenderman's creepy as shit when you go back to, like, the OG shit from where it was created on the Something Awful forums by uh, Victor Surge. Uh, and you go into, like, the first times where it's actually done in video, like, the beginning of the Marble Hornets YouTube Yeah, I was series. about to say, if you want good Slenderman, watch Marble Hornets. Yeah, but they, they, they only did that for, like, the first little bit, and then they started going into fucking... I stopped watching it because it came became about a guy with a fucking painted face that almost looked like dead presidents, <laughs> sort of, that would show up in his room and stuff. But the original stuff they did, like what I call their season one, uh, with Slenderman, was fucking great. It was so goddamn creepy. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I fucking, I'm a huge fan of Slenderman. And then, you, hell, you remember how long I was waiting for that goddamn documentary to come out? I know. I got to watch that shit. I, I still haven't seen it. I need to text my dad and be like, put that on the Plex. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't have HBO anymore. No, um, but I only had it for Game of Thrones. Right. So, fuck you, but HBO. You, but, yeah, man, damn. And then, fucking, I was I was looking forward to this movie. I was like, fucking, finally, they're going to put out a damn Slenderman movie and blah, blah, blah. And yet again, it was another one where, the fucking, the studios fucked it up. Because originally... The guy that fucking goddamn wrote it and 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 directed and everything had a much much fucking darker, more sinister fucking damn movie envisioned, and then because fucking like they always do, the damn the the studios want to fucking appeal to the masses, they change shit up and they fuck something up that could have been awesome. Was it supposed to be rated R and they dropped it to PG thirteen? Of course. In the- but I, I mean, I, I figured they would honestly certain horror movies come out and they're aimed directly for the teenage audience. Um, Slender Man, I could easily see being one you drop PG-13, but I think you could do Slender Man PG-13. I really fucking do. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's creepy but, atmosphere. It's not really gore. Like you could easily make it super creepy I if see, they did I, it correctly. 
when I, when it comes to movies like that, I think the difference is is when you take a director that is intentionally trying to make trying to push the lo- the limits of PG thirteen, you know, like James Wan or somebody like that who 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 will make PG thirteen movies and R rated movies and push the limits for PG thirteen to where it could almost be there but still be creepy as shit. And then you take a person that uh, intentionally wanted the movie to be rated R the entire fucking time and it gets goddamn raped to fucking turn it into a PG thirteen movie and. And it fucking sucks. So, well, I always, I agree with you. Um, I've always said that there's nothing wrong with PG-13 horror. It's when you cater the movie to be PG-13 that it becomes a problem. You should just make your movie, and whatever rating it gets, minus X, because that happens sometimes, and then you have to cut it down to a really hard R. But whatever rating it gets, is just let it be. It's when you make a movie, and then it gets an R rating, and then you cut stuff out, to give it a different rating just so you, cause you think you'll sell more, even though movies keep proving time after time that R rated movies sell just fine. Look at uh, it. That's chapter when you one. have a problem. Yeah. yeah. It, it chapter one made a fucking, it, it, I mean, I think that surprised all of us how fucking far that one went. I mean, I figured it was going to be decent, especially with the hype that it got. So I knew it was going to do fairly well in the box office. It surprised me at how well it did. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I don't think I chapter think, two will do that good. I don't think it will either. Um, well, it, it's got it, a pretty stacked cast. It does. Um, I just wonder if it's going to, ha- cause I think, uh, it chapter one also was coming right at the tail end of all the, uh, people dressing up as clowns and running around doing stupid shit. And so it cut like, that was like unintentional height that kind of built it. But I do think a lot of that will carry over from chapter. Everyone went and saw chapter one. It's probably going to go see chapter two. I mean, but I'm I don't think to. it'll I don't think it'll make quite as much money as chapter one. But I think it's still gonna obviously blow it out of the water. But on the PG thirteen versus R thing, I think when you're making the movie, before you fucking start filming, you should know what rating you want. Right. Uh and it just sucks when like because in this case of Slenderman, I haven't seen it and I haven't done the research. So I don't know, but it sounds like the director wrote an R script and the studio came in and was like, You're making a PG thirteen movie. Exactly. I mean, and that's that. That's basically what happened. And so, like I said, man. I mean, when you when you do that, and it irritates me so bad because I I get why studios studios got to make their money back. I understand. You know what I'm saying? And they want to make money off what they do. I get that. But at the same time, we see it time and time again where 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 movies just get fucking. I mean, just obliterated. Because they want to cater so hard to people and not pay attention to fans of certain things. And, you know, I know I know that when it really comes down to it, fucking fans don't run Hollywood. But in certain instances, they should. See, and I think this is the philosophy that Blumhouse, Blumhouse has uh, taken, uh, where they just, they put out all kinds of movies to cater to everybody. They do them for a, well, uh, on the grander scale of things, a lower budget than... Than most movies, and they all they almost all make their money back, um, and it, it's just I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, that's true because like they did Truth or Dare, which most horror fans didn't like, but it but it you know it hit really well with that tween teen audience. Uh, they've done they did Halloween, they did Happy Death Day. Uh, I mean, they they definitely have a wide spectrum of of horror, and you look at every little thing. Happy Death Day was good. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but I enjoyed it. It's a, it's one of those that I would probably watch again. And uh, I'm definitely going to watch the second one. So, uh, 
And I think they're coming out with a third one too. Now, um, that, that, someone rumored it, but one of the people involved was like, unless Netflix comes up and ponies up the dough, there is no Happy Death Day 3. Okay. And I, I, I only caught it as a glimpse on like my Google feed. Um, but, uh, you know, fucking Halloween's getting two more. Yeah, which yeah. I, I just I just watched Halloween H2O. Right. And I was just like, we really don't need any more Halloween movies. I mean, yes, I, I, and I, I agree with Jerry at this current moment. I mean, it's just like, OK, I mean, because I'm not I'm, I'm not on. I've, I've never really have been on the Michael Myers bandwagon. I thought the Rob Zombie movies were good. And uh, the other ones have their place. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's done. And in my opinion on that newest Halloween movie was it was a Halloween movie. It fell into the same fucking. I put that one in the same realm as four and five, uh, even though. See, and I enjoyed ahead. four and five. But that that's the way that movie felt to me. It felt um, like those. It felt like it not not story wise, but atmosphere. It felt just like those to me. Yeah, I I love the kills in the new Halloween I thought the story was decent. I, I didn't care for the ending. So, obviously, we won't go into spoilers because, I mean, that's still only a... Mo- like, we won't talk specifics because it's, you know, still not the movie we're talking about. We're talking about Videodrome, and we're not going to spoil another movie that's been out. Unless the movie's been out for over 10 years, then I, I, fuck it, I can spoil it. But, but if it's, I think that was my exact words to you, Jerry, was it was another Halloween movie. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, Jay, I'm, I'm assuming you liked it more than all of us. I did. I really liked it more. So uh, before it came out, I sat down and watched every single every single Halloween because a few of them I hadn't seen. I'm um, so sorry. And I had the block <laughs> the box set. First one is good. Um, it has its place, but a lot of it is is a lot of the shots are odd. The final sequence is a lot of fun. Um, the second one is a good follow up, and that was supposed to be the end. We all really like the third one, but that doesn't have anything to do with Michael Myers. Uh, then four, five, um, both felt like kind of like standard slashers, especially at the point in time where they came out, where Jason was already super popular and like the slasher had really taken off since the original Halloween. So they just kind of felt like standard slashers, nothing special. Uh, six was atrocious. Uh, H2O was okay. Resurrection was atrocious. I love the Ron Zabi, uh, the first one. It's been a long time since I watched the second one, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. bother with the opinion on that. Sorry, um, real quick, real quick. The way you said Rob made me think of Roomba, and now I just want to get a Roomba <laughs> and, and have put a speaker to Give it. Give it a so butcher it knife. It, no, no, so it plays Rob Zombie move, music while it's clean, so I can be like, oh, it's my Roomba Zombie. <laughs> Dig through the ditches and burn through the witches as it's cleaning my fucking floor. All right, continue. But 2018, to me, and what I look for and enjoy in a slasher, felt probably the most balanced out of all the Halloween movies. Um, it had a good amount of tension. It had a good mix of background stuff, like when he's beating the shit out of the uh, guy at the gas station, even though that's not what the camera's focusing on. Um, and it had a good amount of in-your-face gore, too. Um, so I'm with as long as the same team is attached, I'm down for the next two. Um, that's it might very well be my favorite iteration of Halloween and Michael Myers. Yeah, I'm ready to see it. Uh, but let's get back on track because I want to touch on something that uh, Kenneth and I kind of talked a little bit while we before recording. The one thing that Videodrome itself is missing to me, there's really no tension. Uh, it feels like the same tone throughout the whole movie, like the mystery, the 
the mystery continues and kind of resolves around stuff. At no point is there a lot of tension or anything like that. The movie almost is like monotone. And it wor- It works. It's a very rare fucking instance where this would work for a movie. Um, it kind of makes the movie better that it's monotone. Because you kind of feel weird that there's no tension. Like, this movie should have tension, but you don't feel any tension. Which is, to me, really fucking weird. But it works for the movie. Uh, Kenneth, w- w- uh, you had thoughts on that too, right? I mean, I did. I can't remember exactly what I was thinking at the time. Um, it was literally an hour and a half ago. Come on. Yeah, but you got to think about how many thoughts that I have gotten from my brain to my mouth in the past hour and a half. Uh, 3,036. Uh, okay, we'll go with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, it was... It, it's like, it, the, to me, the movie just wasn't suspenseful. Like, you had shit that was going on, but how did I, how, I'm trying to remember exactly how I put it. When I was talking about the narrative itself, it was, I can't remember exactly how I put it, but I agree with you. There, it, it wasn't suspenseful to me. It was just like you were just watching the progression of what was going on, and, and you're interested in it, and it's enjoyable to watch. But at the same time, I mean, it's just like, it's just, it's, this is just going on. I mean, yeah, there, there's no jump cuts. There's no quick, right. quick editing. There's no like music buildup. There really wasn't that. anything that put me at the edge of my seat, anything else like that. I mean, like when I was watching it last night, you know, I'm just sitting there with my pipe in my hand, man, just fucking goddamn, just, just slowly fucking damn puffing on my pipe and fucking watching this movie. Like there was no point in time where I'm like gripping harder or, or, or any of the rest of that. So it was like, you know, I, I, I felt like I was just enjoying a nice smoke and contemplating this movie. And that was about it. You know what I mean? I mean, there was nothing really other than that that was going on when I was watching it. And in as much time that I've had to watch this movie to do this show, I watched it last night. Kenneth, all I could picture was you smoking your pipe, con- thinking, contemplating, just going, hmm, Videodrome. Should I fuck my TV? Hmm. <laughs> and as a guy who's done who's done drugs and fucked his fucked a VCR, uh, I can honestly I did and I did that before I'd ever seen Videodrome. Uh, I can say I I understand the thought process, Kenneth. Oh yeah, totally. I fucked a TV before. Yeah. Uh, Jay, what are you? What are your thoughts on this whole tension thing that I've brought up? Um. So I think it it doesn't have tension in the traditional sense. Um, I feel like the tension comes once you have a... It starts... Ugh, stupid brain words. Um, at first, it seem, it may even seem... There may be some deeper levels of this, but at first, it seems pretty easy to distinguish between hallucination, hallucinations and real life, but I think the tension comes from not knowing exactly what's going on as you get further into the movie, and that's kind of where it comes from as opposed to... Um, any kind of traditional sense of tension. Um, so where I wasn't like, Oh no, is he going to get caught by the bad guy? It's, it's like, um, this shit is fucking with my mind as much as it is the, the main character. Okay. I, I mean, I can kind of see how you can get tension out of the confusion. Cause they do do a really good job of not knowing what's a hallucinage and what's hallucination and what's not. And I mean, as we've debated in here, we can't even fully decide who's controlling the hallucinations at what point. Um, so I, yeah, 
I could see getting tension from that. Um, I just think it's really odd that I never got any tension out of this movie, and Kenneth didn't either. But it it's not a point of issue. Like normally, you would be like, there was no tension, it was boring. But in this movie, it's it's not. It's uh, this movie's great because of the subject matter, but it's also great because it pretty much at this point going forward, it's it's a movie that works at any time point. It is universal at this at this current injunction. And as we continue going forward, it just becomes a more and more closer look at uh, how media uh, is affecting us. And, and now how that can go, how it even has a bigger push from what used to be word of mouth to now being a viral sensation pushed by social media. Um, it's It's great. And I love this fucking movie. So I guess we're going to wrap it up with... Uh, I highly recommend watching Videodrome. It's my favorite David Cronenberg movie. Um, while it will not, like, give you anxiety, it is a great just fucking watch uh, as you have to contemplate, you know, would you have sex with a girl who wants you to cut her? You, ha you have to decide that, and that's really what this movie is about. How far are you willing to go into someone else's fantasy with the risk of it becoming your new fantasy? I've I've talked to girls like that, and I just I decided I couldn't I couldn't do the cutting thing. I uh, I wouldn't trust myself um, to do it without hurting them more than they want. I wouldn't trust myself to to not get uh, like addicted to it. I just uh, I can't do that. And then if you I, you know accidentally manslaughter, you know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta take take that in consideration. No, baby, I told you, when it comes to cutting, we do it masturbation style. We don't cut each other, we cut ourselves in the same room together. Right, I could do that if she wants yeah. to. Like, I'm, I'm down with that. I mean, I'm not into that. If anyone who knows me knows, pain and sex are not together for me. Do not bring any pain towards me, even when I'm not having sex. I'm not one of those guys that, that likes the whole fake punch in the arm or like really hard slap on the ass. I, I do not like that shit. Don't do it to me, whether we're fucking or not. Period. I'll give you a good grab on the ass though. A grab is fine. As long as you're not like trying to rip the fucking meat out or something. But like guys be trying to pinch nipples and shit. And I'm like, bro, if you want to fucking just suck dick, we can go suck dick, but don't hurt my fucking nipple. Uh, no, 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 no. I have to disagree. Soul roller. Okay, okay, the nudge game is different. Shout out to shit happens every time I die. The nudge game is a completely different thing, and th that is an exception. There's always an exception to the rule, Kenneth. Uh, you don't even know. Uh, no. Uh, fuck, I gotta watch shit happens again. Um, oh, you need to so, rip that. Send it to me. Oh, uh, yeah, I wonder, if that's, I wonder if that's a cheap DVD or not nowadays. Maybe. I need to look. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, but this movie is fucking fantastic. So final thoughts for me is highly recommend go fucking watch this and, uh, enjoy the fuck out of it. Uh, Jay, any last words? Uh, it's good shit, man. Even if James Woods is James Woods. Uh, you know, I gotta say, I, 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 I like James Wood in this movie cause I just watch, uh, John Carpenter's vampires. And I, I love that one. I did not like him in that movie. His acting uh -huh. just did not. He just didn't. He did not pull off badass enough to me. 
That's I'm like, you I'll... skinny motherfucker, sit the fuck down. You weigh as I much really, as I do. I really want to get that fucking collector's edition that's coming out of that. Screen Factor, I, I think Vampires is, is, is okay. It's a mediocre movie. I really like I like the concepts Please. it puts forth, the way that they hunt them, the nests, the fucking harpoon on the Jeep, that kind of stuff. Yeah, James actually... Wood is no Vampire Hunter D, but whatever. Well, I actually like the sequel. It had fucking Bon Jovi. I was about to say, do you prefer Bon Jovi? It's my life, and I'm killing vampires. I actually really enjoyed the sequel. Live forever. Okay, I'm sorry. I've never seen it, so maybe I'll have to. I'll have to fucking watch it. Um. Uh, Kenneth, any last words on Videodrome? I really don't have any. I mean, pretty much everything I wanted to say, I did. But one thing that I forgot to bring up at the beginning of this is I watched a movie that I haven't watched in a long time. Uh, and it's on Shutter. It's called Threads. And it sounds familiar. I don't think I've seen it though. It's uh, you want to talk about something that's fucking scary? Watch that shit. Hold on, I'm about to look this up real quick. Threads. 1984? No, that's a TV movie. It may be. It's a British movie. Oh, okay. Maybe it is. Let me see. The effects of a nuclear holocaust on the working class city of Sheffield, England, and the yeah. eventual long-term effects of nuclear war on civilization. Yeah. Oh, okay. That does sound. That sounds pretty fucking good. That um. There is no humor whatsoever in it. It is a extremely bleak movie, and it's it's very realistic. Um, yeah. It it it's it one of those movies that I watched a long time ago when I was living in Franklin, and I had actually forgotten about it. And I was scrolling through Shutter looking for something to watch the other day. And I came across it, and I was like, oh, okay, I haven't watched this in a while, and I watched it again, and yeah, if you want something that's really fucking terrifying that could is completely 100% plausible, watch that shit. Hmm, okay. Because, I mean, the realism in it, I mean, because it, I think a lot of times nowadays we are so desensitized to certain things because of all the shit that we see, you know, going back to Videodrome, all the shit that we see, social media, TV, internet, everything else like that. We're so desensitized to things like that, that we forget that some of these movies that have put things like that into perspective or, or the metaphors that you can draw from movies like Gojira and stuff like that. Um, we forget. And when you watch a movie like threads, you remember and how how close we could be to being in a situation like that and that movie was fucked up and it, it it's one of those that when you get done watching it you're like holy fuck and this could really happen hmm. okay fair enough all right well um shit uh next uh well that's it for video drone go see the fucking movie it's amazing uh next episode uh i believe we already have picked out uh kenneth picked out this episode jay's picking out our next episode um, and Jay, you're still sticking to us all doing that one thing. I just want to confirm before I say it. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't even remember what one thing I suggested. Oh, Jerry hates action. You, no, well, no, it wasn't a Jerry hates action. We can do Jerry hates action next if that's what Jay wants to do, but I'm, I am going to leave it up. Jay, Jay, you wanted us to all review an episode of, are you afraid? Oh of yeah. That? Yeah. No, no. I, yeah. I want to do that. I need okay. to download the show. That reminds me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to find the show because you're going to have to give us whatever episode we choose. I'm just going to go. I, okay, so I don't have, and we'll get into it on the episode, but uh, Kenneth and I actually don't have a lot of uh, 
nostalgia or, or remembrance for the show. I could not tell you a fucking episode to life. I can remember the kids sitting around the campfire, but I can't remember what an actual segment of the show was. Um, I can tell you tons of goosebumps, but not that. So it'll be kind of interesting to me to see if I can find one that that sparks that nostal- hidden nostalgia. But we're all going to pick an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So that's three episodes. Um, and we're, we're all going to review those three episodes for the next episode of Kill the Cast. So that's our next episode. Um, next episode of Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. I think we're doing Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster is what we're doing. Yeah, pretty sure. Um, and then coming up, probably not until late August, uh, you'll hear me on the the podcast under the stairs, uh, top 10 summer series as we do the 90s. I am on year 98 and 99. Um, 98, we have recorded, and I record 99 this coming Sunday. Um, so that'll be fucking fun. I'm actually, uh, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at some of the people that were in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, and uh, there's there's a few good notable people in this, like uh, Joanna Garcia, which y'all may not know, but I'm a fan of the show Reba, and she was Cheyenne from Reba. Uh, Rachel Blanchard. Oh, uh, fucking dude that was in Shameless is in Reba. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Alicia Cuthbert is was in Are You Afraid okay, of the Dark? I know who she is. Ryan Gosling. Uh, yeah, I think Ryan Gosling is also in um, Goosebumps. Yeah, Jacob Tierney. Um, Vanessa Linguez, I think that's how you pronounce her name, but you recognize her because she is the chick that is, uh, about to turn 18 and waiting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Daniel DeSanto. She's hot in that fucking movie. Yeah. Not in, in waiting when she's almost 18, not when she's a child in this show. But yeah, I mean, so I didn't realize that there were such good people in Are You Afraid of the Dark? This show, I fucking, so I grew up with this show and it's basically Tales from the Crypt but kid friendly, but the stories and the writing I think is pretty phenomenal for a kid's show. That could be nostalgia and, and false memories, but just thinking of a few of the episodes and the twists that those episodes had, there were some pretty genius episodes out there. And I already know which one is my favorite, um, but we'll get into that when we do that episode. But yeah, that's, that's the episode I want to do. Okay. Dope. Uh, so that will be the next episode of kill the cast. Then after that, I guess we're going to start doing, we're going to take more turns choosing. Um, anyone can forfeit their turn if they just don't know, and I'll, and I'll choose. But uh, So after Jay, it'll go to me, and I'll pick something, and then it'll go back to Kenneth. Um, so we're going we're gonna to have a little bit more fun, uh, unless it's an episode that we have to do because it times up with something. Uh, sometimes we have to do that. Like um, I don't know what we're doing for our anniversary this year, but uh, it'll probably be... Well, no, we'll probably do The Matrix before then. Uh, our anniversary show will be... Uh, An Evil the, Dead retrospective. <laughs> no, fuck you, that's cursed. Uh, Lion King. Uh, that's not a the horror movie. It depends on how you look at it. I mean, yes, there is a very depressing scene in it, but it's not... Technically, I mean, horror um, is pretty terrifying, dude. No, if you really uh, start to we take do, time to think about it. <laughs> no, we do Italian horror for our anniversary because the first episode we ever did was Italian horror. So we always do an Italian horror. So I'll probably make one of y'all watch. I'll probably make y'all watch another fucking Giallo or something. Um, because a lot of people have been interested in. I, I I have gotten a lot of feedback when we do Giallo about how. What's the second movie in the trilogy for fucking City of the Living Dead? Uh, the three movies are 
City of the Living Dead, um, fucking The Beyond, I think, is the third. What is the fucking second one? I, I know I have it. It's, you should know God, this. God damn it. Hold up, hold up. I'm, You're fucking slipping, man. Uh, hold on, I'm going to figure it out. Uh, the silence is deafening, asshole. God damn it. Shut up. Uh, fucking City of the Living Dead. Uh, fuck. Uh, it's got the weird fucking kid in it. Uh, from Gates of Hell. Uh, uh, no, no Gates of Hell the Cemetery. Is, yes, House House by the Cemetery. That's what it is. Uh, okay. Let's do that one. I, have it, I don't like House by the Cemetery. We can, though. Who gives a shit? Wouldn't we do the Beyond first? The, reason uh, why the Beyond's the best of the three. Yeah, well, the so, reason why I'm saying that is because fucking that's where it started. So let's fucking damn knock those out. Okay, we'll do one of those. We may leave it up to all. I think we should do... Uh, house by the cemetery before we do the beyond but the beyond is the better movie i recently got to see the beyond in uh at a theater it was fucking balling cool uh okay so uh there's kind of some of our plans as we go forward and uh i don't think we have anything else check out all the fucking links check out the facebook group check us out uh, there's a new app called flick chat which is apparently like for a message board for podcast we're on it. Search Kill the Cast. You can find us. Uh, it's Kill the Cast, all one word for the uh, group code. Uh, you can check us out on there. I, I don't know if it's going to take off or anything, but I put us on there for the hell of it. Um, check us out on YouTube. Check me out on Twitch. Check out Kenneth on Instagram. Uh, all links are in the description, so you can see all that shit. Join us. Go buy a Underwater Kaiju shirt or a Kill the Cast shirt. We got that Suicide Club shirt. Now that you understand Suicide Club from our last episode, uh, which I was actually worried it wasn't getting a lot of hits, uh, and then out of nowhere it kind of had a small boost that that pushed it back up, so I was pretty excited about that because um, I put a lot of fucking work in that episode, you, you fuckers. Yeah, you did. To it. Yeah, I actually got to get my, uh, my Suicide Club t-shirt. I really like that shirt. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, so, with that being said, we are fucking out of here. We will see you next time. We love you. Um, Kenneth loves you even more if you're dead. And Jay loves you no matter what. Yes, that's true. All right, so we're getting out of here. Enjoy this song, uh, Bodyhead by Greyhaven. I reached out to them on Twitter, and they said I could play the song. So, uh, if you want to hear an interesting fucking song... Listen to this because I think it fits perfectly with body horror. Uh, and if not, we will see you fucking next time. Kicks with dicks.
my time Just wishing you for a plug I feel like a machine Oh, I've been spending my time Just wishing you'd pull a plug I feel like a machine Oh, life in my time Just wishing you'd pull a plug
If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.